Welcome to the Protein Bros Podcast. On today's episode, we have Darren McDonald. Darren is a franchise owner of Orange Theory Fitness. Guys, this this conversation was great. We talked about the actual inner workings of Orange Theory Fitness, what it's like to be in a franchise owner. Obviously, being franchise owners ourselves, we're very interested in the business aspect of that too. But we also talked about how to build the culture and how to find good employees in a fitness business. It was a great conversation. We also talked about his previous career in news. It was a great conversation. If you are interested in in knowing exactly what it takes to open a franchise in the fitness industry. So appreciate you guys tuning in. Give it a listen. We hope you like it. We kicked our contractor out when he still had punch list items to do, but we're like, just get out of here. We will finish everything. We don't, we we like to not use your help ever again. Yeah. 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 The days a pregnant two year old, perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we looked at it and we were like, okay, microwave for six months yeah oh that was God. food yes yeah it was bad it was terrible. we were we were living in our things basement. you would never sign up for twice mm-hmm. yeah. we, live in, we live in our basement and we had like a little bar sink you know like mm-hmm. one of those little bar sinks and so oh, we we're yeah. using that as like our sink for like our kitchen and then we had a like a flat top thing that we cooked everything in so i was cooking like chicken in the flat top thing he's living the van life but that's exactly what van life is all about yeah it was pretty bad my wife about lost there's her mind. a difference <laughs> when you open the door and you're looking at a mountain, mountain a stream a river or whatever totally different yeah. than open the back and kansas city you're just like oh gosh it's, i'm still in kansas traffic. city <laughs> oh, yeah. so for our listeners darren was talking to us about you know during the pandemic he was looking for different uh, you know options that he could do he was doing a pilot's license he was working through that and then decided he was gonna buy a sprinter van instead and start the process of building that out and then being able to travel anywhere in the country yeah and uh what gave you that spark if you will um because flying in a plane versus driving the the van two different very different things same goal though right the same goal was get out be mobile, mobile get you know take off so you know my partner rebecca she's got four kids you know, my, my three kids are grown. And so when the idea of the plane was to say, hey, we got three days, we got four days, let's let's do something. Yeah. Jump in a plane. It takes about a half of the um, the drive off. So like if you're going to fly to like, I got kids at Oklahoma State, I did. Uh, I've got one in Masters there now. So if I fly to Oklahoma State, drive, it's four plus hours, four hours, right? Mm-hmm. If I fly, it's two. I can go down to a football game, which yeah. I love to do, I season tickets. Yeah. I fly down there in two. This is, that was the dream to cut the travel down. Because mm. as we were talking earlier, that everything in Kansas City, wherever you go, it's eight hours outside of the beautiful place where we live. Yeah. We love Kansas Nashville's City. Nashville's nine. We were nine. talking about that too. Yeah. It's crazy. You Everything's can't. eight or nine. Yeah. And you guys know that going to the airport, which oh. is a beautiful new airport, we'll yeah, give yeah. them credit. They did a good job. But driving to the airport, parking, getting in the line, taxi, get on the plane, fly anywhere, if you have a direct, it's still going to take you three to four hours. So, if you got your own little plane, you take off, you could do the weekend. So, and these are like prop planes, right? Like a single yeah. engine Cessna I was, type of deal? I was or? training in Pipers. Okay. So, yeah. Very so, cool. Um, the, the fun thing, so it stopped. Pandemic happened. I walked away. And I, I will be honest with you, huh. businesses all shut down. Our businesses shut down. Yeah. So, then you start to prioritize. And you go, buying a plane, is that the Best idea of <laughs> the best investment the best, right now. Right, is that yeah. the best Especially use of capital? The, the business is like you know in person stuff. Yeah. I mean I, that time frame. I was I've talked about this on the podcast before. 
it basically gave me the biggest heart attack I've ever had in my life because I'm like, oh my gosh, all we do is face to face interactions. It's like, it. are people ever going to shop in a retail store They're telling store everybody to anymore? stay home. How <laughs> yeah. are we? If we yeah. don't sell online. Same thing with you so guys. You know, we didn't have like, Orange Theory mobile app or anything like that. It was just like, and though that was do. our best opportunity, that was still not going to keep the businesses afloat. Certainly not. Yeah. Band aid at, at the best. You, know, you go from thousands of members one day in our studios to zero. Mm-hmm. And one day when you close, everything went down. And then when you come back, everybody who's scared, you know, I get it. You know, everybody was, what is this? You know, we got mask up. We got to do all this. Mm-hmm. We, we realized that the business is still all personal. It's all the community. It's all the connection. But it was a long road. Mm-hmm. So and we can talk least. about that. Yeah. But the plane, I was like, oh, is that good capital investment? I don't think so time goes on you start watching videos like everybody was sitting at home watching on you know you're getting on your youtube or whatever and you're like these guys are traveling they're doing it in a van that's a good idea mm-hmm. so i spent six months just watching these little videos when i had some time and then i ended up went out and bought a sprinter uh, van for us to build out and do it um, but again the same concept same idea which is go see how amazing america is right everything from the national parks we we're talking about the places Zion, all these places that you just don't really go to. Mm-hmm. Year, years ago, I lived in uh, Albany, New York. And I was three hours from Boston, New York City, keep going, right? Oh, Canada, yeah, yeah. right in that hub. And I realized I worked every day and I never went anywhere mm-hmm. if it wasn't for business. Right. I didn't take advantage, you know. And right. Now I'm older. So many different you know, sites you could have been, you know. Yeah. Taken advantage of. And if it wasn't work-related that got you there, I didn't go. So now... We take off. Mm-hmm. So recently we drove up a kid to a camp this summer and uh, Indiana, Indianapolis. Dropped him off and I looked at Rebecca and said, Rebecca, we're only six and a half hours from Traverse City. We just took a right. That's awesome. Right? Found ourselves there. Ended up in Mackinac Island. Went to the UP, which she hadn't been to. Crossed the bridge. Mm-hmm. Spent Upper next- Peninsula for our younger yeah. listeners. <laughs> They don't know these things. Yeah. yeah. And just, uh, that's how mobile you are. You just take a ride and you find yourself where you are. It's amazing. Yeah. I love that's that, cool. man. Uh, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of history with us in orange theory in Kansas city. When we yeah. first opened in Overland park, uh, it was, I believe Nicole McFall was the manager. Yep. Tim, I believe was the name of her boss. Yep. And then Melissa Gilmore Griffith at the time was, uh, the assistant manager or just, you know, the first employee across the across the street from us. All right. So we were trying to grow, help them as far as just like they were trying to help ourselves and try to partner with them as much they, as we could. And yeah, they were actually, so when me and Jeff moved here in 2015, 16, 16 I mean, um, they were the first person that we talked to, correct? That was outside, that was of, outside our of our walls, stores. You know? We drove by and they had a tent set up. And we were, like, we were like, yeah, Orange Theory. Yeah. I, I came from St. Louis and our St. Louis market, there was a Orange Theory that I was really close with um, in Rock Hill in St. Louis. And I loved the the workouts that you'd go get it in Orange Theory. And I was like, let's go, let's go stop by here. I was like, they're going to open up. Look, it looks like they, they have a tent going on. Maybe we can, you know, pass out or like try and spread the word of what they're doing. And so we stopped there and talked to them and became very good friends with them over time. And uh, it's been cool. But Melissa has been on the podcast as well. Yeah. Um, we, we met her, her husband, John. They're great. We love them. Great people. Um, and I was just going to get at it. It was just... Um, you know, your journey with Orange Theory and, you know, I've always heard like kind of the what's going on in the background with this, you know, this Austin company coming in and buying some and them expanding and so forth. 
but Melissa, you know, made it, made me feel like there was no other local owners. And so when I heard that, you know, we had this other local owner in town that I'd never met, I was just really excited to meet you. What was your journey to get in with Orange Theory in general? Because in group fitness world, yeah. we've just been around a lot of other gyms. And, um, you know, we just had Basecamp Fitness, if you've heard of them. We oh. had them last weekend uh, that we had them out here. And it's very hard to, to beat Orange Theory. I feel like the only thing you can do is try to meet Orange Theory. You can't really beat it in my head. It's like, how do you make it better than what they've done? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's an interesting... I talked to some of my staff members today. You guys know, you know, a lot of them, Brooke and Emma and, and Eliza. And, uh, and I was talking to Rebecca, my partner, and I go... And she's really the operations. She Rebecca runs the in and outs of the, you know, the, the, the day-to-day. The will. day-to-day outside the glass where the membership is happening and she knows everybody. And then the, the inside of the glass held by the, those coaches that are amazing. But I always, the joke was, this will be the shortest podcast you have because I'm not a fitness guy. And I say <laughs> it in that way that I own fitness stores. Mm-hmm. Um, I am our member. And I say it that way because, yeah, I played high school basketball. I played, you know, up until probably 30 years old, I was still actively playing sports, having fun until ACLs and stuff, you know, stop you quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I spent 25 years plus in the television industry. So I was running television companies. And and fitness was what you did if you had the time and you went and you did it, right? When I'd get too chubby, put on an extra few pounds, I'd go to the gym. Yeah. Um, and there was a couple of times where I really enjoyed it with the people, but every time I did it, it was because of the group I was with. Right. Mm-hmm. I got that guy that, you know, Mike, Mike Lewis would always come and work out with me. We'd get we had that little group. And, uh, so my fitness journey was weird because I'd gotten out of the TV business. Um, and I was semi-retired in a sense. I was like, got bored. Sure. When you're my age and I'm at that time, like right over before 50, Mm-hmm. everybody's working and it's not like you got all the bunch of stuff to do. You tell yourself, I'm going to make all this money so I don't have to work. And then you're like, well, now what do I do? Now what do I do? Yeah. And playing golf by yourself is only so take you so far. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but the interesting thing was my brother was in television and he was in Florida. Very successful guy, worked for CBS. And Sean was down there and he started at one of the working out as a member of one of the original ones. So he was in Davie, Florida, started in Fort Lauderdale right there. And he kept talking about it. And I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. I went down there and visited him one day. And he goes, come on, let's go. We're going to go to Orange Theory. True story. Mm -hmm. I know people say this all the time, but this absolutely happened. I thought we were going to go get a smoothie. (laughs) And I walked down. He goes, where's your workout clothes? And I literally looked at him. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, we're going to go work out. I said, oh, yeah, orange okay. theory doesn't sound like it doesn't lend itself to a gym. No. You're thinking orange Julius. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you know. Yeah. Excuse me. You throw the word orange in it. You're not thinking gym. Yeah. I'm not thinking gym. And so I went with him, and honestly, I survived. I hadn't worked out in ten years, probably at that time, and I was literally on the floor and holding a plank, thinking, "This minute feels like twelve. Yeah. Right? You know, we've all been there. Been yeah. there, right? Yeah. Got up, survived the gym, survived that workout. And I said, wow, this is good. This is a pretty good concept. So I went back to uh, Kansas city at the time he got into it. He bought the state of Indiana, you know, he wanted to invest in it. So he became the AR of Indiana and he started opening a store called Carmel in Carmel, Indiana. Account so, rep or what is AR? Here? AR is area, area rep. So his gotcha. job is every market has is to build out the market, develop that market, develop the market, gotcha. own them, Self li- sell, sell licenses to the right people yeah, and make sure they're placed in good places. 
And uh, so I started watching him. So I was like, okay, the, the model looked good. Mm-hmm. So I went up and I spent some time with him during his pre-sale. So I sat at a desk in, in a store and I talked to people that come in. Didn't even know much about the product at the time, but I was just selling people. So selling you, were, you were already sold. I mean, you were in sales at TV. Had to have yeah, been, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, when I was probably, I graduated from Oklahoma State University, went straight into television. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was in it. My brother was in it. I went straight there. Mobile, Alabama. Mm-hmm. I remember taking that job, looking at it. I said, give me a map. I just took a job in Mobile, Alabama. I didn't know where it was. And, Port uh, City. Well, Port City. All, all this says you're a people uh, person. This was not uh, difficult for you to sit at this desk no. and people to come up here because it, it was no. authentic. You've had a phenomenal experience yourself. Yep. Just sell Wasn't... the idea of getting in shape. Mm-hmm. But I started this conversation with the idea that I was getting into it, but I was I was our customer. You know, like... To this day, everybody who walked in on that for our first pre-sales, which was at 95th and all, at um, you know we had a construction. The uh, the shopping center was completely under construction. We had set up like a all-state center. We had a, a room, put up fake walls, and just sat there at the desk like an insurance office. Sure. Started selling memberships, and the the goal at the time was self you know be in the 500 club, sell 500 memberships before you open, um, and. We've been very lucky. We did two of the five. We got to the 500 Club, which means the day you open, you made money. You were profitable. Mm-hmm. And we've never looked back. It's a fabulous business. For anybody so who's my, listening, that know. is quite the accomplishment to do 500 memberships before you open. That's that's crazy. Out of 3,000 square feet, 3,500? Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, 35 is huge yeah. in our business. So you're talking... Uh, our biggest one is about 3,400 downtown. Yeah. And Knoll Hills, I think it's 29, 28... Somewhere in the, yeah, yeah. So just to be clear, like most gyms guys are, you know, they can be up to upwards of 30,000 square feet if you're talking about a, yeah. you know, Globo gym style. And so like 500 members out of that kind of space is cranking. Yeah. And it got to the point where this was a business that we wanted people to work out though. As you guys know, the business on the big box, like we're going to sell 10,000 memberships. Mm-hmm. Lock into five year contract. 8,000 yeah. of them will yeah. never come after the first month, yeah. but they got the contract and we'll supply a good workout for the thousand that come. Sure. We're different. We're like, where are you? Yeah. How come you're not here? And we'll call you like, Hey, we're missing you. You, you were doing three days a week for six months and haven't seen you in two weeks. What's going on? I love that. You yeah. Know. The group fitness aspect of that, the tribal feel of it all, you know, the culture is so strong. I, I think you sweat with those people together, you know, like you, you were saying, you, yeah. you, you mentioned Mike Lewis, I believe yeah. was his name. And it's like, you don't forget those people because you were just dying next to him, you know, right. earlier that day. One of the beautiful things about Orange Theory's business model, in my opinion, too, is that there's a lot of different dynamics that are happening. You have the camaraderie aspect of working out with people. You have the aspect of it being really hard. It's it's harder than most other, you know, class type workouts you're going to get. And also when you're new to it, you actually have it. It's like almost easier for you to get higher splat points the more out of shape you are. And so you kind of have that like buy in. It's easier for you to get into the orange, depending on, you know, but a lot of times people, if you're, if you're a little bit more out of shape, it's easier for you to get into the orange zone and stay in the orange zone. And afterwards, typically in a workout, you would think like, man, that sucked, man, I'm out of shape. But like with orange there, you get rewarded with splat points and then you could be able to look at it and be like, Hey, I did pretty good. You know, like I was dying out there, but get any affirmation. If you're, if you're not, if you don't consider yourself in quotes, like a fitness person, and if you're relatively new um, to fitness, we want to tell you that Orange Theory um, does have a track. They were one of the first to pioneer tracking um, your heart rate during the workout, 
and uh, they provide these tools for you. You know, as a member, you can obviously buy them. Is that right? Darren? Yeah, everybody, every almost everybody wears a heart rate monitor, right? And but, tracks their performance. But uh, the, but the gym provides these these tools uh, if you're yeah. a member, and so you get to see on the screen as you're working out where you're at compared to your other classmates. And, uh, you know, everybody can see if you are, uh, you know, loafing, everybody can see that you're not actually pushing yourself because your heart rate isn't up. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going dis- right? to respectfully yeah, disagree with that. But please do. Don't, you know don't be respectful. <laughs> am I, uh, am I not incorrect in that, that you can see that you can't. On, the, on the screen? And so I, I noticed that. And that's that a in, fear for a lot of people who come into any group, any yeah, they workout. Want, they They're like, people don't to judge see, me. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I don't want you, you know. to see me up on the screen. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what hide. we find out instantly in Orange Theory is that everybody, even the, the person left and right of you might motivate you to go faster or go, you know, and push yourself a little because they are, but you don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You don't, you never look up. You don't really realize who's next to you. You don't go, oh, Bobby, you don't seem like you're working very hard today. Mm-hmm. And they're not looking at you because they're focused on themselves. Correct. Right. And they're looking at the, they're where they are in their journey. And it doesn't take long before people realize that. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's cool. And I'll give you an, a kind of an odd story, but we were at the Brookside location at Open. And one of our wonderful little members um, was um, the wife of our quarterback for the Chiefs. Um, Brittany. No, no. Oh, Alex Smith? Alex Smith. Uh-huh. I, I should have had that off the top of my head, but, I didn't. but he comes, he, she comes in two, three times a week. Great member. She's, I think, does most of her stuff in Hawaii now. Um, he came in one day. And was going to work out with her. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, great. Go get in. Here's a heart rate monitor. Get all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. NFL quarterback. She's on his left. Alex Smith is on tread eight. And then tread nine is a woman who joined two days earlier, had a goal of losing 40 pounds or something. First big journey. And she is working out next to an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Cool. True story. Very yeah. cool. And they did the same workout. It wasn't like his is harder right. than her. Same exact work that you've done it before. You've known. Yeah. And I, I watched that and I'm like, man, that is. That's the beauty in it, man. That is the beauty in Orange Theory. It's yeah. beauty. And, uh, and when it's that all relative happens, to the person. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, because we're saying run doesn't mean you can't walk. Yeah. You know, we've got a guy down at Brookside right now. He's 91 years old and he's working out. He walks up from about four blocks away in his jeans said, I want to join. So said, no problem. He, and he's been with us for two years now, and he's 91. And he does the workout in his own 91-year-old way. And I say that with, like, we have to have a bench there in case he gets tired and wants to sit down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he, do, he walks a mile on the treadmill, and the community keeps him coming back. 91 right. years old. I'll cool. tell you right now, that's like, that is the goal right there. You know, yeah. to, yes. extend, to extend your health span to, the, to 91, to where you're still going to Orange Theory classes, it's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and what to, you know I, what I mean? Like, he, you know. It's he not, loves it. He, clearly. You, you said that that's the magic in Orange Theory. I, I think, you know, me personally, and I'd like to get your feedback on this, I think one of the biggest pieces to Orange Theory's success is you have such dynamic trainers and people who are running your classes. My, my sister is a consistent, uh, she goes to Orange Theory in, in Olathe, and she goes mm-hmm. all the time, and um, she's very much, she loves it because the coaching's so good. So, like, you know, like you were True. saying – they're very in tune with what's happening with each person, you know, that's in the gym. And they're also the most charismatic people typically that you see all day. They're, yeah. you know, energy, yeah. high, uh, high, you know, high tempo. What's, the, what's you guys is like training, like to, or, you know, I guess what's your hiring process and training like to basically maximize 
people's potential because really, you know, that is, it's such a unique thing to Orange Theory to get that kind of experience from a trainer, if that makes sense. Yeah. Qu- quality would, coaches. Quality yeah. coaches are everything. But yeah. I will say that because no matter where you, first of all, access to a gym is not a problem. Yeah. Right. So when you look at it for 10 bucks, you can go to a gym tomorrow. You can, you got free access to probably where you live. Right. So we can agree that access isn't the problem. Mm -hmm. So why would people go to a boutique that's a little bit more expensive, right? Mm -hmm. It comes down to community, culture, and coaching. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we look at our coaches, um, you know, my 25 year background in running television stations was about performance. So when somebody comes into us and says, Hey, I'm thinking about, I'd like to be a coach for you. I'm like, you look the part that ain't much of it, right? You can look the part, you can work out, you can be a fitness person. The difference maker is when you put that mic on, mm-hmm. are you going to motivate me? And I don't mean just me. I mean, like there's somebody sitting on tread 12, let's say that doesn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. How are you going to get that person to get a great workout in? You got somebody over here. It's like, I'm here. Cause I want to be, mm-hmm. I'm an exercise person. How am I going to motivate you to be better today than you were yesterday? Right. And that's all about performance. We spend more time talking about the class in terms of performance. And we do, we know part of it. Every single person does that. So don't worry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We look at it. And I always talk about this. When you walk into a studio, orange theory, you can walk into an F 45 or whatever, but in an orange theory specifically, you walk in and within five seconds, you should be able to tell, are they in a push base or all out? Within five, without hearing, and it's two reasons, right? It's, it's the sound of the music that's driving it. Is it higher? Is it lower? Is the cadence of the coach that's coaching, are they speaking faster or, or slower? And you take me to an all out, and you push me to a level that I don't like, that I'm uncomfortable, then you're going to be going, let's go. Right now is an all out in three, two, one. Mm-hmm. And when I go the opposite way and you're going to take me out of that and bring me back down, it's okay. Bring it down in three, two, one. So I look at it and I say, we have the best coaches and when we, and they all have that mic ability, right? Put on a mic. They like talking, but the last thing is to make sure that they understand that they're driving a performance and you should be able to tell by the sound of the voice when they walk, when you walk in the door, you're like, Oh, they're turning all out. They're in complete control of the tempo the whole time. Yeah. There's you have to you have to find people that are like uh, that have, you know, actual good intentions. You know, you can't fake the 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 wanting to actually help people no. when it comes to coaching. And um, I know how hard it is to find employees that have that intention and go into their work life every single day with that type of intention. Yeah. How do you guys find those people, or do you find that those people kind of come to you because of the culture? Two reasons, two things. One, we've got thousands of members that we look at. That work. Right, that work out, right? Mm-hmm. Great uh, great story. Emma, Emma um, Brashi, was, she's our head coach of our Brookside location. I'm sitting in the office uh, at Brookside one day, and I'm looking out, and I'm watching the class go, and the, and the coaches, I don't remember what coach was doing. It, it might have been, actually, if I think back, it could have been Helena, one of our earlier coaches who was phenomenal. And I look up, and she's working out. And I go, who's that girl on 11? The reason I said that is because her, her workout posture form was impeccable. Mm-hmm. You got to talk to that girl. You know, at the time her dream was to, you know, she had just got her MBA. She wanted to be in sports, sports uh, marketing, sports management and fell in love with it. And we got her to come on. 
And she's our head coach there, and she's been killing it ever since. So part of it is how do we find them? Number one is our people. We love them. They're amazing. But they also find people like them. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how we've, you know, besides using the studio itself to say, hey, who's that? Yeah. Do you have your certs? Can we do a mic check? Mm-hmm. Right. Because you still got to be able to talk on the mic. Um, and the other side is, is that they have, they go out and they experience life themselves and they find people or people reach out. You know, we, we advertise, you know, for, Hey, if we're looking for coaches, we come on in. Yeah. But the ones that, you know, you have to really commit yourself to becoming one. Yeah. You know, it's not, you don't go, Hey, yeah, I'm a coach and I'm a personal trainer and I've got my cert. Here's the mic. Let's first, before you can even go into the week long training to become an orange theory coach, you got to pass mic check just to see that. Um, and so that's how most of it's done is through those people's a lot of imposter syndrome, I would assume, <laughs> uh, with the mic checks or it's like people really love fitness, but then when it comes time to them being the leader of everybody in that room, as far as with the tempo and stuff, there's probably yeah. a lot of people who get nervous. Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd imagine. I just say, I'd imagine that would be well, the case just because like yeah. for us, you know, it's like, Hey, when you wear that polo, you're now the person that's going to be giving professional advice to customers. Yep. We give them all the training and they don't get to wear the polo until they're done training. Uh, fully you know they have to take over a hundred interactions with people before we're allowed where they're allowed to be on their own right and um even after that they'll have a hard time with just feeling like they're they're the expert there when just purely because of just you know age experience so on and so forth and so i always wonder how does that translate because being a coach you know like hey you're now an orange theory coach and you go through the training but it's like is there still some imposter syndrome that you do you think that they have to shake off or is that not typically something where your guys's training is just so good that they're ready to rock. I would say typically, typically the ones that we put in training, we know they have the bones, sure. right? So they're, we expect them to get through it. Not all of them do, right? right? So first, if they get into training, then we know we've got something to work with. We get mm-hmm. the mold, right? Sure, mm-hmm. sure. We've had people have two days in training. We've said like, this isn't, this isn't going to work out. I don't want you to waste your time because it's not working. You didn't do your homework. Right. Right. Because there's homework before you go in there. And we've got people who've come in and we've like, listen, day one, like, like we got to work on these. But we don't. So if you get to the end, this is the greatest thing is you get to the end. You're like, OK, you, you know, we have a test out. So we fill the room with Orange Theory um, coaches. They're working out. And you got to now the hardest class they'll ever have is the test out where they got to get on the mic run a class, all their peers, right? I love everybody that. in the room. Yeah. I love that. That's the test. That's, out. that's the test out. Yeah. And then some of them get test out and they go, yeah, passed with help. Meaning mm. that you got to spend the next two to three weeks, um, in the studio with a coach yeah. because you're head. there, but you're not quite there. Right. So the, the, the process is pretty tough. Yeah. But I love that you guys yeah. have that. I mean, it's not, I mean, when you, especially like for everybody listening, like orange theory has been very aggressive with their growth. Um, in the sense of you guys popped off. I mean, it's an incredible, you know, growth with for a company going nationwide like that. And to have those standards, so difficult when you scale to that level to continue to have such high quality. And the fact that you guys will even go th- have somebody go through full training, you know, doing a test out and still say, hey, you got two to three more weeks, I think is just awesome. Yeah. Awesome. The uh, interesting thing, though, is even within Orange Series, 1,500 of them, we're in like 30 countries. Um they differ from place to place. Even though we have the same expectations, it still comes down to leadership. It comes down to ownership. And you will find a studio that is the one that you fit best at, mm-hmm. you know, and you'll see that all over. We're very lucky. Uh, our three studios have done great. The market's doing well. Um, but, you know, if you 
gone to another gym someplace else, you're like, whoa, that didn't, that wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. Sometimes you know? they don't make you as proud, you know, as far as if you go to a different one, maybe, but some of them are killing it. You some of them are hey, better. And I'm like, hey, what are you I doing? love that. I'm yeah. stealing that. That's right. <laughs> do you, uh, do you have any plans of expanding further? You know, I know that's, you know, it's still possible to continue to open more. There it is. There's a couple of things for us. Yeah. Um, a couple of things we opened at 95th and all, and then went to Brookside because Rebecca and I live right, but you know, we could get to work in three miles. Mm-hmm. We opened downtown because it was a nice, you know, perfect area that, I think needed it. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think it's it's lent itself really well to crossroads there. I think it's yeah. a fixture there now. It, we're we're looking for everybody to come back to work like full time in, you know, the traffic patterns the last two years went like the streets you could park anywhere. Before pan, pandemic it was like can't park anywhere. And then it went to open parking lots to kind of half full. Now we're like, hey, it's full again. So we got to continue to get people to who not only live there but go and work there to really grow that studio to where we think we, it can be. Um, but the thing about the Orange City thing is interesting is that yeah we would we would look, you know we've always had this idea for us that we have white space you know white spaces that unused area inside our three territories right. Uh, we've always thought that. Um, uh, Right there. So we have Brookside to downtown, and in the middle of that, you've got the KU Med area, the mm-hmm. Westport, and all that. Probably could live one there, right? And we wanted to get it to the point where downtown and Brookside were at that level, and really, when you start looking at Shawnee with Melissa's studio, that they're doing well, that we're not poaching sure. from each other. you got to put it. And um, we probably would have done that in 21, 22, had the pandemic not happened. Mm-hmm. Um but that, you know, living through that changed a little bit. Sure. And so now we're three years beyond it. And we're like, okay, now we're starting to look at Let what other options, up. if it's not this, if it's something else in a different space, um, whether or not we want to move uh, and continue to build. Have you shopped any other gyms that have impressed you at all recently? Anything that's really stuck out to you as far as just being in other facilities? Even if it is, I guess, another yeah. franchisee, another Orange Theory franchisee. You know, I would say that, First of all, I love the fact that I do believe that we have space for everybody. The, the world needs it. Mm-hmm. We all need it. Uh, mental health. You know, I thought, but probably the funniest thing to me was during the pandemic, when we shut down every businesses, the one business that we should have kept open was the health and fitness business. Amen. I, amen, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the... <laughs> We got we got shut down, but the liquor stores and some markets, you know, it cannabis was, stores stayed open because the tax break. Blow, taxes. Blowing our minds when that was happening. We were like, Carl, gyms should be open. <laughs> this car, is the car safest, washes were open. Yeah. Car, that was the safest place to be because the healthier you were, the more likely you were to do well if you got it. And you probably were going to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because um, that that changed the, the, the world for a while. And I say this, this. We were the dominant force, Orange Terry was. There were things like F45 in, pro- in progress. There was Eat the Frog. There's some other concepts that were coming out. And, and what happened was Orange Theory got to that point where we started going through that process of saying, stand outside, put your mask on. And it kind of tarnished the, the culture. Yeah. And... It was you, hard to work out with a mask on. It was. It's like, it was it was like impossible. It's yeah. Like when you're doing And as a franchisee, you, you had to be doing it. Like yeah. you, you had to, you had you to had no by those rules. Yeah. We well, actually did Political it. beliefs aside, it didn't matter. Yeah. You're doing what they tell you to do. We had half, yeah. half capacity. Yeah, we did an Orange Theory class, um, and we had to wear masks in it. And it was uh, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, it was, I, I, half that time, my mask was you know, below my nose for sure. <laughs> you know, like if I'm being honest, yeah. like I was dying without yeah. rolling it down a little bit. working out in Denver. 
right? Yeah. You open the mountains. It's basically like that. Yeah. And, and so what happened, and so we've got, it's taken a couple of years now for us to re-get that brand back. Mm-hmm. And I said, because what happened was everybody went home. A year later, they come back out and they're like, well, what do I want to do? I'll try something, right? And they start saying, and they didn't know, and in my opinion, they, they lost the, the Orange Theory advantage mm-hmm. that they had. And so we've spent two years trying to regain that. Mm-hmm. And I think we're getting it. You know, we talked about the heart rate monitoring system. Everything, everybody's copied what Orange Theory did. Smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got it. You know, you can get a heart rate anywhere. But so we've gone from the best to an option. And I think we're growing it back to the best. And it, yeah. it didn't really change the workout or what you did, but we lost a community feel mm-hmm. when we're like, sign up outside, put a mask on, come back. And it's taken a couple of years to get that back. So when you ask about um, other options, other fitness things, it gave some space for others to come in and try to gain. What we're finding, and probably the most satisfactory thing that we're seeing, is people who left us are coming back. Yeah. Yeah. They, they explored and they, they said, explored yeah. and they yeah. said, you know what, it was good. I knew, it, but I still like Orange Theory better. And so now we're getting them back. Yeah, it sounds so, like you, your guys' number one product was the experience. You know, like the absolute Orange Theory experience that you give everybody. And, you know, uh, obviously it was for safety concerns, which is all understandable. Yeah, sure. But when you had to go through that, it watered down the experience to a degree. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same, you know. And so now that you guys have, you know, car blanche, you guys can do what you want, you know, as far as that goes. It's awesome to hear that, you know, yeah. uh, the, the culture fully is back. It's full, I mean? is yeah. fully back. Did you guys, when, when you guys were going through that and you kind of had a lull in business due to COVID, um, was, was the corporate, because you're a franchise, was corporate deploying anything specific for you guys? Like, were they recognizing this and like trying to support their franchises or tell me, you know, how is, uh, being a franchisee basically of, of Orange Theory? Like what kind of support do you guys get? What kind of, you know, marketing help do you guys get? You know, I just want to, I'm interested in the business in general. We're franchisees ourselves, obviously. So just love to hear how, uh, you know, that, that partnership works for you guys. For us, it's worked very well. Um, the interesting thing is when you get to the level of size, then it becomes more difficult. When we first opened in 2016, got our license in 15, a lot of, it was, we were, sta- we were 514. It was the first license right, we got 500. By the time we got our third, we were 1167, right? On the way to 1500 plus. Mm-hmm. And so when we were on the early stages, you knew everybody. Yeah. They knew you because even though you were licensed 50, you know, 500, Everybody owned two or three. The ones that early adopters who got in early, it got to the point where you couldn't buy an Orange Theory if you weren't an Orange Theory owner, period. Mm-hmm. Right? That's who bought the licenses. So there was only maybe 150 owners, and you knew everybody. Mm-hmm. Larger they got, the bigger they got, the more, diver- you know, the more as a franchisees, it became harder to have a voice heard. Mm-hmm. So then they started bringing up cancels and stuff. So they're, they're, what they gave us, is necessary, especially during the pandemic. They give us a lot of help, a lot of resources, a lot of medical. We have um, on staff at corporate, they have a medical team. And so believe it or not, Orange Theory, strange little thing, but they have more um, heart rate monitoring statistics than anybody else in the world. I believe that. Right? Yeah. You've been doing a million members for 12 and years yeah. and you are keeping all the data. Yeah. I, I'll show you guys later, but I got on, I, you know, I bless his heart. He survived. There was a, a man who in Indiana had a heart attack while he was on a treadmill and his heart rate monitor. I have the, 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 the display. It's like this it's, flat. Wow. And uh, because of the heart rate monitoring 
and and they knew exactly what happened. He saved his life. He came back. But we've seen a lot of people use that heart rate. But that heart rate monitoring data is the most in the world. And so that's what keeps the Orange Theory on the front of new technology. And that's where that support comes in. You started off was heart rate monitoring. Then it was like, now we're going to individualize it after 20 workouts. Now it's like it automatically updates you every time you work out. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, into that purse. So that, that kind of stuff we could never do on your own. So do you guys, do you guys have like a program or an app that, that you can go in and basically like, you know, for like a, a watch, uh, you can go in and kind of look at your, your statistics over time, heart rate over time, um, HRV over time. Do you guys have anything that's they're, like that? I think they're working more on that. I can go back and pull out every workout I've ever had. Okay. That's how cool. many workout I've got all the data, all the last workouts, how many I've ever done. It's all there, mm -hmm. but tracking, and I'm going to check on this because this might be over my pay grade. Mm -hmm. I have not seen it where it's tracking your health. Yeah. Right. Well, the fact that you get to go back, I mean, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, the fact that you can go back and look at what your heart rate was at last yeah. year at this time at a workout. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah. the interesting thing is, is that in the splat world, you had mentioned earlier about, hey, you can get your, yeah, how many did I get? We're moving away from that idea a little bit with the idea of saying every workout's different. Yeah. What did, you know, and, and not saying, I, I always get 20, I need 20 today. And I'm like, well, did you have coffee before you came? Did you do this? You know, how's so your many variables diet? So many variables. Splats. What's your recovery like? Right? What's your sleep, sleep like? like? Your hydration? Where are we in endurance day? Are we doing a strength day? What are we doing? So we're moving away from how many splat points. We don't do that as much as we do. It's like, how's my overall oh, I love that though. Right. Yeah. Competitiveness. I beat you, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's, there, get, it's there for it, who value though. it, though. Yeah. It's there for who values it, you know? Right. It's not yeah. the end-all, be-all, but if you're, it's there for people who value that. People, I also think people are getting a lot more educated on on the, the variables that you were talking about, overtraining, undertraining, you know, trying to find the sweet spot as far as um, being able to go into your training sessions and, and basically maximize those training sessions by what you're doing outside of the gym, you yeah. know? Um, that's something we always talk about with customers a lot is that, you know, you can go bust your ass in a gym as hard as you want, you know, for an hour in a day and completely throw away everything you did in that gym. If you're not doing the right things outside of the gym, because that's the other 23 hours, you know, of your day. And it's really easy to screw that up by not getting enough sleep, not drinking enough water, not getting enough protein. And, yep. you know, there's lots of variables that go into that. And I feel like people are paying attention to that coming out of the pandemic more than ever before, like by far. Yeah, that's so. one of the reasons we love this partnership we got with you guys. You know, I know some people are more affiliated. You guys have been around. You got at least what, at least I mean, you got now eight, eight, yeah. eight. You know, at least some in an Overland Park, and and um, the reality is, is that we do only part of what you need. Yeah, you know, it, you know, we, you know, we're gonna work you out three, four times a week for an hour, but everything you do before, what you guys bring to that table, is saying, hey, listen. You guys got to, you know, you got to eat more protein. You got to get some supplements. You need to go see these guys because we don't do that. We don't sell that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the things that Orange Theory, like, we're going to work you out. We got water. We got, you know, but we don't do the nutritional side. Uh, we'll give you advice. We'll send you guys to, you know, our members to you guys because you guys know that side, but you got to do them both. Yeah. You can't well, do one. Yeah. The, the big thing, awesome, you though. know, the, the with that is, you know, we get people that come into our stores all the time. And they'll want to start taking a supplement and you'll be like, Hey, where, you know, where are you working out at? Oh, I don't work out. You know? And you're like, what are you doing in here first? You right. should be in a gym <laughs> first and then, you know, find us. But 
you know, people, the way that people get into their, you know, their fitness journey is, is different across the board, you know? So, um, it's good to have a place like orange theory where you can send somebody in trust that they are going to get a good workout in, you know, it's, it's the, uh, the hardest part of taking somebody who's new into a fitness journey. And there's so much, uh, you know, paralysis by analysis involved with somebody trying to make this decision and something that they're very not, they're not very comfortable in. Um, we meet those customers frequently in the store. And so uh, I'll never forget. I had a, a customer who had come in a handful of times and they're that classic one where they have a new thought process every time they come in with, well, what if I need to do this? You know, I talked to this girl at work and she told me she does this. And then I talked to this guy at church and he told me he does this. <laughs> and every single time they came in, they wanted to restart new with this, you know, new strategy versus just sticking with something. Right. I said, I will, if you want my advice, I'm honestly going to tell you this because like, I love you. I will not give you any more help if you talk to anybody else about it. <laughs> right. You're not allowed to talk about this even with your mother. Yeah. You're going to do exactly what we say. And that's the only thing you're going to do. And then like watch the results happen. And I made her get a membership. She was in Lee Summit. So she started off at the Lee Summit location. Yeah. But I made her get a membership at Orange Theory because I'm like, you can just show up, do what they tell you, and you will sweat your ass off. You will work your ass off. You will burn a ton of calories and you don't have to think about it. And that is your biggest problem right now is that you're just thinking way too much. Yeah. Just do this. Follow I this. The, I spent 25 years in television pounds. advertising. Yeah. I could convince you you needed to buy anything. Yeah. That, you know, that's in, they hear, you know, the, you're like, why are you listening to Aunt Marge? Right. Right. Yeah. You're not trying to switch spots <laughs> with her. What are you talking about? <laughs> it is, right. It is crazy. What the, the, the types of people people will listen to when it comes to advice about things. You're like, what? Why? <laughs> What's their what experience that, with what that? What makes that yeah. person an yeah. expert on that? You know? I, uh, I don't know what age I got to, I think just from doing years of like you being in sales and you, me being in the store, I, I probably was around like 26, 27, where I started to just simply go to professionals for everything and right. let them burn me. If they want to burn me, that's fine, but I'll give you all my trust because this is what you do full time for a living. And it's like, you've been doing it for a while and it seems like you want to keep doing it for a while. And so you only get to do things for a while if you do it right. Right. So I'll just follow your lead. And if well, you're going to get you know, a second opinion, get from... Somebody, somebody who expert. also knows yeah, what they're they talking do. about. Right. Yeah. You know, people get second opinions from doctors typically from talking <laughs> to doctors, but they also get seventh, eighth and ninth and 10th opinions from their neighbors and from everybody, yeah. you know, and you just wonder, you're like, what are you doing? And then a hundred more from WebMD. And yeah, exactly. Right. It's, I'm going to go research this. Um, I want to go back to one thing that really, yeah. really is the last part of, of, I feel like the, the model that I would love to, to harp on. And that is, you mentioned like the coaches all being so great and, you know, how you guys find them. But I think like the, the, the thing that I want our listeners to understand, if you are looking to get into um, the fitness industry and you want to have staying power, the phrase that we really, really uh, grill home to our, our team is just people, you know, they don't care what you know until they know you care. Right. And so, uh, you know, everybody's typically coming from a selfish place to get started with fitness because of their own journey. And that's exciting and that's mm -hmm. fun. Um, but you don't get to talk about your journey uh, when you're coaching a class and you don't get to tell everybody how you, you know, overcame this and that, you know, while you're a coach coaching a class. And so you really have to care about other people's results more than your own. I, I will say this. When I first got into sale, okay, I'm an old guy. So I had a cassette tape and it was Zig Ziglar. Classic. That's, okay, his, that's, his, that's one of his he, quotes for sure, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Zig Ziglar. And I put it in every day, learning the sales program. I was 21 years old, getting in my car. And... There's things that to this day I still teach our people from that cassette that I probably listen to for six months straight every day for an hour. So I knew you're like, you could probably do, you know, I knew every word of this cassette back in the day. 
and this is really goes down to what you just said. It's like every day somebody walks into, I'm going to say home, home Depot now, back then, I don't know what it was, right? Ace hardware. Yeah. And they go, I need to buy a drill. And there is not a single person who's walking into a Home Depot who's, they really want to buy a drill. What they want is a hole. The only way to get the hole is the drill, right? And so we talk about that because everybody's journey and everybody, when they walk into the store and they, you know, into the, into the studio and they go, I, I really want to start my journey. It's not, nobody wants to buy a membership. Nobody wants to go to that class. Nobody really wants to talk to that coach. What they want is something. They want to look good at that next wedding that they've got planned the next one. I said the next. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, it's possible. It's possible. Pretty common these days. Pretty common. Pretty common. But, you know, they've got something in mind, and it's the whole. So we teach our coaches, and we talk to them all the time, and everybody's whole is different. You just got to know what it is, Mm -hmm. right? That's what they want. And if you focus on that, they'll buy the drill. They'll yeah. keep coming back. They'll take your classes. We're solving people's coming. problems here, and Every your guys' tools solves it, you know, better than most yeah. out there. So something, something that we tell our guys too is like, not only do you have to, what's up, water? Oh, not only do you have to figure out like what that hot button is that people are trying to solve, but you also have to be. Knowledge is only fifty percent of it. You have to be motivating enough that they're going to stay on the path that they're trying to beyond right so if they're if they're trying to go yeah if they're trying to lose 20 pounds to go on to you know a cruise ship they might be going home to a family that nobody else in their family works out and everybody else in their family drinks wine every night and everybody else in their family drinks or eats mcdonald's so what kind of interaction are you going to have with them that is inspiring enough that's going to make them go home follow what you told them to follow and actually go to the gym consistently because you have to be an inspiring individual to, to try and make yeah. somebody do that. And um, if you are the type of person that just spits out information, it's like, man, that's just not enough. No, it's not. So. Realistically, we always tell everybody that in the absence, you know, when, what, we, what is the saying that we talk about all the time, but um, in the absence of mutually agreed upon expectations, the members' expectations will be exceedingly high. Yeah. So what I mean by that is if they come in and they say, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds, I'll give you a week. <laughs> right? Right. You have to have those honest conversations. And you have to have them in a way that says, okay, what's your goal? Maybe it's not weight loss. Maybe it's I want to gain muscle. Maybe it's I want to, you know, fit into the genes I fit into 15 years ago, whatever it is. We got to look at that and say, okay, well, how long is that going to take? And you've got to give them a realistic pattern. And then when you monitor it, are they on that, on that goal? Because, man, without that conversation, without that agreement, mm-hmm. their expectations are probably out of whack. Yeah. And so that's a very big point of everybody who walks in the studio the first time to find out not only the, what the hole is, you know, What's but what's the expectations yeah, yeah. of re- actually getting that hole? Mm-hmm. Now, so. And that's, again, the situation where you have to have a team that cares to ask those questions, right? Because mm-hmm. once they got you in quotes, right, they've got the sale, they're, they're a member now, and they're coming to the class, they might say, my work here is done, right. you know? And so you have to care enough to ask those questions, have those tough conversations, because those people are going to come at you later, right, <laughs> with those expectations. I'm only, you know, I'm only down four pounds, and it's, it's already been two weeks. Right, like, that's exactly. amazing. You're like, that's amazing. And they're like, well, I thought I'd be done way more by then. You're like, dang, I wish we would have had that conversation sooner. Yeah. You know? Or you go to the person who, who comes one and they're too sore to come back because you've they've overdone it. And then they wait a week and they come back and they get sore. Yeah, and they yeah. come back. You're like, you're like, I'm just not seeing a result. Like, 
you're going to have to bite the bullet and you're work gonna, out yeah. sore. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, gonna, we're going to have to in, in, improve that yeah. uh, that commitment yeah. Yeah, to get back in there. You guys have something that is uh, unique to Orange Theory as well in the dry try. Yeah. Where did that come from as far as, uh, you know, Orange Theory as a company? You know, does that is that rooted in some kind of story? Because it Actually, is unique to you guys. Yeah, I don't know that answer. Um, it, it's always been there from day one. Like when I joined, we bought our first store, you know, got opened in uh, 16. It was part of the... The, the the annual thing because we have uh-huh. these benchmarks that we always put. You also they, have Hell Week. Hell, hell, okay, Hell Week's fun. Yeah, yeah that that <laughs> that you know in the old days, I mean, you got a new design on that Hell Week T-shirt every year, and you don't get it unless you complete, complete it. Yeah. And, and you see them walking around, you're like, the Hell Week T-shirt right there. Uh, yeah, that's three years old too. And you, you got it. Um, but dry try being the fact that it's a, um, I, I love the dry try. You know, you've got to run. You got to do the rowing and you got to do the work, the, 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 the floor weight exercises. It was our version of a triathlon, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it's, and it's worked in the studio. What I love, what we've done is we've taken it outdoors. So in the fall, we do it outdoors. And, and then uh, in the spring, we so do doing, it indoors. Are we doing laps around the building? How do we do the outdoor portion? We literally take all the equipment out of the studio, take it out to a, we did this last one on at Brookside, one location for everybody. So we had heats all day long. And we bring uh, we brought eighteen rowers out there, eighteen benches and all the, the what they need to do that, and they ran the uh, trolley trail Let's for the go. for the outdoor run. So we're setting that one up this day. It'll be September twenty for us, September twenty fourth, third twenty third, Saturday. That'll be fun, uh, and it'll be the outside. We knock on wood, no, no rain, no rain, no rain. Yeah. Right, every a week out, we're like, oh, what's it look like? Yeah. Um, and so we do that. It's it's an amazing little event, and getting people out of the studio. And getting all three of our studios together, doing it one place, and instead of having forty here and forty here who sign up, we got one hundred and twenty together. Big community event right there. Yeah, that's so. really cool. Really cool. I think those, you know, those type of where you have a, a big event like that, where it's you know something that everybody can kind of look forward to, but also there's there's a magic in like you look forward to something, but you also dread it. Yeah, you know what I'm oh, saying. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then you complete it. I made him do a workout last week last week with me, and I dropped His birthday the, work, I, workout. I dropped the workout on him like three days before, and I knew that he was like, "Man, this is gonna suck." It was the night we, before, but then he was so generous. <laughs> no, right wasn't there, it? Three days. It was a couple he days gave you before. a heads up though. Hey, he gave me a heads up that we were gonna be doing a, a workout, and that was. I was it. so pumped that day. day. I was like, "Jeff's hey. here. Jeff's hey. here. Hey. Let's go." I learned what it was. Um, <laughs> Ten minutes before we started, that was the truth. But oh my god! It was, it was over an hour and a half of just being but on the pedal. It's just like you know doing oh. that stuff together. Just, oh yeah, it's fun, man. I scaled it for sure. I wasn't able to do some of the things like three rope climbs for six rounds, but there was—I mean, dude—it was an hour and a half of just you're not allowed to stop moving. And uh, yeah, my heart rate was tested. How long does a dry try take? Uh, you you you're looking at about. Or, you know, it run, depends on the person, right? Sure. The low right. 25, 30 minute range is great, yeah. you know, because um, they're going to do, they're going to do, the, the funny thing is, is the best, the best thing they can do is, you know, you can do to challenge yourself to see where you are physically is a 2000 meter row. row. Yeah. It's an amazing. It sucks. Because you start off like, I can do this. Yeah. And then oh, halfway yeah. through, you're like, oh, and you, you know, you're going from on that, fire. Yeah. And you're going from that. <laughs> You know, your heart, you're, you're losing that oxygen you need to keep going. And, you know, that's it. They always say it's one of the best conditioning, but challenges to see where you are in your physical. So they got to do that and they got to run, you know, uh, uh, you know, 5k and they got to do the, and then they got to do the, the weight set. So 
Are the peripherals that you think Orange Theory are going to start incorporating uh, to evolve if they need to? You know what I mean? Um, We've got an exciting thing coming up I like. Everybody, everybody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We just start promoting it. Um, It starts September 1st, but it's a strength 50 class. So we, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I'm 56. I'll be 57 soon. And if I know that there's a trend to strength training, more strength training, right, as opposed to go outside and run and do all cardio, um, we see the changes in people's, you know, that's the thing. If you want to be the the 400 pound gorilla, you got to stay on top of what's happening in the, in the fitness business. Um, so we're introducing, uh, they've come out with this thing called strength fifties and they're going to be So we're ordering more weights. We're ordering more stuff that we're going to, and we're going to start putting them in some prime locations. So we oh, had a, we had oh, a thing. Separate locations. I'm no, sorry. no, no, no. Prime time period slots. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. So you got it pulled up there, but what you end up doing is we've got, these are 50 we, minutes. Yeah, we had a lift 45 where it's like, okay, no treadmill. We're just going to have you lift. But we're redesigning them. And now where what happened was people just loved the 60-minute workout. And so it was hard to say, hey, at 6.15 in the morning, we're going to take that away and give you this. Because our membership was like, no, no, we like what we do. And now we're taking a big, huge, strong look into this, uh, you know, um, different way of saying, okay, we're going to get back into this, some, some strength training. And we're going to introduce this, and it's called a Strength 50, and we're putting in some prime spots. I love that. And it starts no, uh, September 1st. So, I mean, uh, from like a, from a business standpoint, the, you know, you guys putting them in, in prime slots, it just lets everybody know how serious you guys are taking these classes Yeah. because you're not introducing them on a random day, on a random time. It's like, hey, we want everybody to try this, yeah. right? And uh, from a branding standpoint, I'm the branding person here at S2, and I'm like, I love that you guys didn't inclu- include 45 in the name. I love, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that you guys, you basically took, if someone were to come to ask me, you know, what's Orange Theory's weak spot, I would usually say it's probably that once you get to a certain strength, the dumbbells are, you know, at 50s, um, you know, that could be a limiting factor for some people that are strong. Um, True. So you guys basically took that, recognized that, saw the trends that are happening in, in fitness and attacked it, which, you know, to be, like you were saying, to be the 400-pound gorilla, you have to do that. It's smart that you guys were able to kind of identify that and do that, you know. And also, I think it's just the best thing for your member base, too, because, you know, if you're trying to increase people's health spans and increase people's quality of life, strength training is a big, big part of that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it's it seems like it's going to be, it should be a good, you know, turnout for you guys, I would guess. Yeah, instead of doing those lift 50, that like three times a week we're like downtown we've got three a day right you know yeah. so really leaning into that now you know we we went from the fifth the, the dumbbells at 50 and then we went up to 75 so we've got the heavy oh you guys got 75 so yeah we, we do at all the studios the problem is is now what we're doing is we're filling in and getting more of the 30s and the 45s and stuff where we were sharing before a little bit in sure. a sense right because sure. you know you're not quite built that way. Yeah. And we're in making that investment, bringing in the more weights, more options. Um, and I'm, this is for us, we're leaning fully into this. On yeah. The September, yeah. You know, we'll talk about it after this, but like we, that's like a great way for us to hopefully bring value is in the sense we can do recovery stations for the days of people starting with lifting. Like, yeah. all right, here's protein. This is yeah. why you need it. This is why <laughs> you need it. Yeah. Right here. We just break, we broke them down more than we have in a while. As far as muscle tears go, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, regarding um, business in general, man, sure. we have such a, you know, we don't have honestly a lot of um, uh, guests on here that are our elders, you know? Sure. And um, 
you know, there's so much that I know I can learn. That sounded so professional. <laughs> <laughs> or weird. <laughs> All right. I'm older. That's how I get it. You mentioned me in 56. Uh, I just turned 36, I, man. Yeah, I'm 55. Or, uh, right there under you. Yeah, no. yeah. But just having someone that just has a lot more life experience than I do, yeah. and I, like, don't get a chance to be around a lot of people like that often. And so my question to you is, is just from a business standpoint, is there anything that you feel like if you got to be the franchise or if you got to be corporate for a day, is there a change that you would make? It's a great question. I, you know what? I, I would say this. Um, I think in any business, right, you guys know, you know, it's consistency. In order to be consistent, you have to have people in the field going and looking. And Orange Theory grew so fast for so long and they're, amazing. It's an amazing company. I'm, I'm not putting them down. But when you grow at a certain speed, there is a time where you get a little bit loose. Mm -hmm. And I think they're reining that in pretty good right now, which is good. You know, we've got a lot of big companies who came in and saw the bat value of the, of the business and said, okay, let's come in and buy some of these things out. And some of the original owners sold out and they came in and they own 50, 60, 70, 200 in New York. And they run big companies and they're really bringing it down and running good organization. Good. Um, so I would, I would say that having, you know, you go to a McDonald's and you have a good experience and you go down to one and, you know, 10 miles away and you're like, Ooh, God, they're not even open, yeah. you know, or, or it's, and to have consistency in a product like this is critical. And so you gotta, you gotta, you know, inspect what you expect. Yeah. And I would say, and, and they've done a good job of that. Just but when you grow at that level, a little bit when you're opening 400 stores a year you, for a while, they were doing that. That's hard to do. Do you guys have a, like a franchise field rep that checks on you guys or do you guys yeah. have like, yeah. Yeah. And how often do they visit your location? Oh, they're around here all, all the time. We actually, Rebecca and I did that for a while for this market. Oh, okay. And now in this market, Lauren Stone, who used to work for us, who's doing it now. She's an amazing woman. She, uh, but Rebecca and I ran, uh, oversaw the market for a while for a company that is the, uh, Austin Fitness Group, who owns the market in sense of the AR rights. Mm -hmm. um, so we did that for a while as local owners, and nice. that's good. But everybody's got somebody that comes. But there's a difference between ownerships and corporate. Mm -hmm. And that's where, that's where I would spend some time is making sure that the owners of, you know, that the corporate have their people on their eyes on the ground and they got to get out and move. And yeah, because the owner ownership groups could have their own set of standards. They can. They can. <laughs> I could see how that could mm -hmm. happen really easily. Um, and, you know, the thing is, too, is if you don't have people as a business becomes more successful and it becomes, you know, more lucrative and people from the outside notice it being more lucrative. Um, you can get people that come into the business purely from the standpoint of, I want to make money, which obviously sure. is why we're in business is right. to make money. But, um, you also have to have the right intentions on top of that too, to really be able to continue down the path of the, the culture that is important to a business succeeding. And a lot of, I'm sure that there's been ownership because you guys have such a, a large amount of, of, uh, stores. I'm sure that there has been, you know, groups that have came along with the with the mindset of, we are just in this to make money and that can dilute the product. It's something that we've thought about personally yeah. a lot because sure. we're, as we continue to grow, we don't want to run into the problem. We're of, one of two franchise groups. Yeah. Right. So it's like. We're, the only risk now is like if we open up more is does do you dilute your quality right absolutely so. I would say this um, mm -hmm. the people 
the reason Orange Theory worked and what they were so good at is when it became a product, when Ellen did the original Ellen's Ultimate Workout, right, and built this, got with Dave and those guys and said, wait a second, we need to do this on a franchise level and create something. It was so well received for the first two, three, four years that only the people who got in got new franchises for a while, unless it was a new market we'd not been in before. Which is a huge quality right. control. Yeah, right? Step. So you yeah. had people bought in. Like, we bought our first store. Then we said, man, this is awesome. We love this. We bought a second. We didn't come in and go, I need 100 licenses. And mm. Right? It was like one at a time. So you had all these owners who were invested in the product who owned one, two, three, maybe six, seven, or eight. And all of a sudden, you've got a you know, a thousand stores out there, but they're locally owned. Yeah. So the product was built before the bigger companies started coming in. Totally. And, and so they did. And that's, a, you know, you're right though. If you today, you guys have what, 28, 30 stores, whatever mm -hmm. it is. I don't know. If you tomorrow, we're going to go, we're just going to sell licenses and have 70. The brand would get hurt if it wasn't people who were invested in what you were doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, thank you for confirming what I feel like we're going to do as far as our growth strategy. And, yeah. uh, that's, that's our, our, that's our whole focus thing is, is we want to, we want to, uh, provide opportunities for the people that work in our yeah. stores now. So it's like, we're, we understand that that can slow down growth and it's also going to take a lot more capital investment from like our standpoint, but we feel like it's the right thing to do. And, and honestly with what we do and, and how much you have to care about a customer at each, every, each and every customer and, and, uh, the standards we have, it's, it really feels like the, the only way to do it, you know? Oh, absolutely. On our end, at least to the yeah. quality of it, our product is our, is our team, you know, I mean, it really is yeah. the staff. And so, um, you know, we can open up and put shelves up on the wall and throw supplements on the wall in a new city. But if we don't have the right team, it's just not going to move. No one's going to I love care. the quick trip model, right? Mm -hmm. And I say that is like, I, I was in, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but obviously quick trips, one of the best run convenience store, gas station chains. In the you country. don't have to tell this guy. Yeah, He's yeah, a quick I'm, trip influencer or something <laughs> like that. Insider. What is there? What's it called, Jeff? Come on. I'm not anything besides a, a loyal fan. <laughs> me too, right? They've given me uh, He's some been on their main page of their Instagram. I've been just sent that. some quick trip towels, <laughs> some bath towels. I got a big Q inflatable that I lay on. Oh, you know? nice. But sorry uh, to cut you off. Sorry no, you no. I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where, where they're the from. Mothership, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and by my school, there was one. They didn't even have gas. They had a quick trip spelled out, not QT, spelled out. And they just sold stuff. And But the point was, when if you see them going to a market, they dominate. Yeah. And I was driving to Denver recently and I was like, there's a quick trip. Just started. Yeah. That's the next one. Right. Yeah. I remember when they came to Kansas city. Now they're everywhere yeah. in Kansas city. They slowly and just with know, distribution with, here now too. Yeah, distribution. Know. And you know, but they do it with, with a plan. Quick trip also has completely changed the gas station. <laughs> there he is. That's Jeff. Oh they my. Sent, they sent me a hot dog towel. I let them know I got it. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, man. Sorry. Y'all just, uh, Quick Trip's the only gas life, station that you know? I go out of my way to go to, and they completely oh, yeah. change the gas station market because now you can't have a dumpy gas station anymore. Well, I mean, there are. No, but that, so as a van lifer, when you're out driving, yeah. you've got a list yeah. top to bottom. I'll yeah. stop here first. Here, if that ain't available, we're yeah. well, okay, here, we'll go down. Yeah. Last stop. <laughs> what's, it, hold out. on, what's your second? It's got to be Casey's, right? No, actually, my, new my Casey's? Bucky's? No, I have not been to a Bucky's. I have uh. not, but they scare me. What are they like? A hundred pumps. Yeah. It's uh, um, it's, it's an event. Yeah, it's it, an event. yeah. I have not been to a Bucky's yet, but 
The no, bathroom like, situation of Bucky's is impressive, I'll tell you. Yeah. It's uh, floor-to-ceiling <laughs> doors. <laughs> floor-to-ceiling, good. Yeah, I care about business, Kyle. Weird <laughs> enough, these details matter. <laughs> they so do. You go into a bathroom, they have floor-to-ceiling doors. They all have, like, the light above it, like the new KCI airport, right? They have yep. the lights that let you know if it's taken or not. That's cool. Uh, yeah, tons of privacy. And then, like, they have, obviously, like, fresh everything being made, and they, like, let you try it. They're just handing out samples of barbecue and fudge and all the things. <laughs> have you been to Wally's yet? I haven't. Wally's is like uh, similar. So they they just put one in uh, in St. Louis, and it is a direct ripoff of Bucky's. It is oh, a, is it the same thing. direct thing? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, a, but it is like uh, you like this part of it because of the the Route sixty six trip you had mentioned. Yeah, earlier. Um, they modeled it after a Route 66 stop. They have a bunch of like you know classic old school road old trip school. stuff. Yeah. You know it's there. Cool. I, my seconds loves. I, I'll look for a loves. Yeah. Um, and mostly because they have, I, yeah, I travel with, we travel oh, with two yeah. dogs. Yeah. And they have a lot of, they always have uh, dog parks. Nice. Oh, I, never, big, I never big. noticed that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So you, at least you can let them run around for a little bit. We're yeah. big dog people. What kind of dogs do you have? Um, we got a six year old um, Sheltie Poo, uh, Macy. And then we have a seven month old, eight month old now. Ooh, um, puppy Austra- Australian um, Labradoodle. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So is she I, biting? Is she biting at your feet a lot as a puppy? Yeah. She likes to nibble and not, yeah. not like not, not destroying anything yet, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So and these, and these dogs come along for you guys on your van life trips. Oh yeah. Gotta have them. Gotta have them. Gotta we have, have them. a, we have some friends that, um, that also have done the van life as well, like for months and months at a time. And they said that they, you know, they see other people that do this. This is the, you ever done this with somebody I, yet? I have not on the steering wheel. It's the, a the v van life and yeah. an L yeah. apparently, and that was like the symbol they told me that. Jared and Claire. That is and Jared Claire. and Claire. Yeah, it, it, I gotta tell you, I, I I envy some of that, and then I'm like, I don't know if I want months. I'm with you on. That. I don't want to live. Yeah, it's got the radar. I mean, the radar. It's got the uh, solar. We're totally off grid on this thing, but I'm like, ten days is awesome. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Point of diminishing returns. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you want to go and experience and then come, come back and, and come sleep back. in your actual bed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, Darren, we have one question we ask every one of our guests. Okay. And because you are a transplant as well and yeah. arrived in Kansas City in 2015, is that right? Uh, I was here twice. The first time was 2003 uh, like for a couple of years, and then they sent me to Vegas. I ran a television station down in Vegas for a while. Um, that was crazy. Um, fun time. Um, and then they sent me back, so I ended up back here in two. 2012. Settled in, huh? Yep. What is the best barbecue in Kansas City to you? What's the number one spot? The number one spot. Friends are coming in town, whatever. Where do you take them? I take them to Q39. Mm, it's a popular answer. Is it's it? It's popular Because it's a very it's good place. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's because it's, it's my favorite place. It's is, favorite. It? is it? Have you it's had Slaps? I have not. Slaps is great. You, you should definitely try Slaps. But Where's I that? also like Q39. KCK. Uh, yeah, KCK. KCK. Yeah. It's, uh, it, what? What is that road that it's right off of? It's just right across. I think mean, Minnesota. Minnesota. Or it's just right across yeah. the river. Um, um, you know, the Rock Island Bridge project they're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, they're turning yeah. it into a park. The park. Right. They're putting a slaps on it. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's going to be one of the restaurants there. But it's not. Q39, ironically, I just don't go as often now, even though we've, since we've been doing this show. Right. We've had so many people mention Q39 and, and I always, you know, sing its praises. But. I'm be honest with you. I, I haven't been go, more yeah. than one time in the last probably like two years. I eat more Jack Stack for some yeah. reason. <laughs> I went to um, right over here on um, Row and One Hundred Third um, Brew Bakers. Um, Brew Bakers, yeah. Last night for the first time. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Good. I've never had it. 
pretty, pretty simple, straightforward barbecue, but they mm-hmm. cut this ham salad sandwich. It's really good. Really? And uh, we went there last night, had a great time. Nice. Very small, very local. I like local. Yeah. You know, I, I say Q39, it's a great place, and on Jack Stacks and stuff, and they're successful, they're great. Um, but I, we've been looking for... Like really local. That hole in the wall. The, the hole in the wall. The, the owner and operator is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we go to this place, this, and I'll give her a shout out because it's called Carrie's. It's a Mediterranean on 39th and Rainbow or so. Uh-huh. And we're like, uh, so who owns it? She goes, I'm Carrie. You know, right? She's <laughs> yeah. waiting on you. Yeah. She's Husband's like, I'm cooking in the back. Food. Yeah. Fantastic. That's awesome. absolutely fantastic. Yeah, those are the so, best. The lifeblood yeah. is like the small business lifeblood. That's just the most fun people to talk to because, you know, they, they, they have to care. And, and they work their butts off. Yeah. The most. You know? Yeah. And the restaurant yeah. business in general is a tough business tough. to be in. Tough, tough. And so it's like when you are talking to somebody who's the actual person yeah. that owns it and they're making it for you, that's, that's statistically awesome. speaking, it's the one of the worst things you can open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we got to have it. Right? Yeah. yeah. But we got to have it. And, and the ones that make it make it big. And but it's like 50% fail in the first year. And know, I'll tell it, and I'll tell anybody who's listening, it's like, you can be a great product of this because of you said like, Hey, I'm not a fitness person, right? right. So to speak, I, you know, and it's uh, you can be really passionate about baking, but you have to actually learn how to run a business. You can't yeah. just be the baker. Right. Correct. And so that's what I think a lot of people where they fail is just, they didn't have any of the experience with how to run a business man. And, and went it, right into it from like a yeah. product only standpoint. Food know? is so easy to, to screw up because if you don't have any experience with it and you're trying to do food orders and food costs and projections, it's like, man, what a nightmare. That's tough. Right. That's what tough. a nightmare. Tons yeah. of spoilage, tons yeah. of, yeah, tons of places where yeah. it can go wrong, you know? And on small business, let's be honest. And you guys, you guys know, mm-hmm. it's the only thing that you can quit a 40, 50 hour a week job so you can work 80. Right. right, right, very true. A lot of people like, are buying themselves another like, job. Oh, you must really enjoy your life, yeah. you know, as an owner. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. My, <laughs> it. yeah, it's the best. My it's con- the best. Yeah. My contractor that's working in our basement. I told you, yeah. we're remodeling our basement. He's like, he came up to talk to me two days ago, and he goes, "Dude, you got the weirdest schedule ever." He's like, "You you'll be like here in the morning, but then you'll be gone all night." And he's like, "Then you were just gone all day yesterday. Like, what were you doing?" I was like, "I drove to St. Louis." <laughs> he was like. <laughs> He was like, you got such a weird schedule, man. And I was like, yeah, dude, it's just how it goes, man. I just am. Takes what it takes. Takes what it takes. takes. You got to yeah, do it, it right? Yeah. People count on you. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you got pe- you got employees, you got families, you got, you know, it was, yeah. Take that responsibility serious. Yeah. You I mean, have as, to. As, as, yeah, exactly. And yeah. especially if you're going to have three, like you were saying, for you yeah. three locations, it's like, well, people are counting on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last one I was going to tell you just because uh, you're a fan of the local uh, we had a new barbecue spot opened up in our neighborhood called Wolfpack Barbecue. And it's uh, his name, I believe, is Jared Wolf. Okay. And uh, it's Wolf with an E on the end, right? So it's Wolfpack with an E on the end of Wolf. And uh, they had the best burn ends I've ever had. Really? Yeah. And uh, and uh, not to take away from Kansas City or anything, it is a Texas-style barbecue as far as how they do it. Yeah. My God, dude. It's incredible. And, it. and And Jared will be the one that gives you your stuff. And they sell out every day. I mean, it's wild. To That's say perfect. they're better burn-ins than Q39 is yeah. pretty. It pretty, truly was. It was unbelievable. High standards. I got like a gallstone uh, to prove it. <laughs> it made me like Q30, stay up all night. Q39 <laughs> is the only place I took my dad and he, he started eating and he goes, he was just like, how do they do it? He's like, this is the most juicy barbecue I've ever had. Yeah. He was like mind blown. By yeah. It. It's so funny because yeah. I, I judge a lot of restaurants, not by their main course, yeah. but all the sides. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everything else that happens. Mm-hmm. Jack Stacks, for example. They kill they, it on the Before side. the pandemic, I don't know if they brought it back, but they had one of the best 
um, Philly cheesesteak sandwiches I'd ever had. Really? And nobody, I mean, it was on the menu, but there it was one of those sides. That's what I'm talking about right, oh, right there. there. Look at the sides on that. Yeah, they do. They do like uh, bespoke. <laughs> Jeff yeah. liked it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, a, a business in my neighborhood opens. I'm going to be the first person to support it. I also. Oh yeah, to, absolutely. Where I is go it? to breakfast twice a week at Happy Gillis. If you guys have never been, it was on Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. It's awesome. Uh, Columbus Park, oh, so yeah. where the original uh, Garozo's restaurant. Oh is. god, yeah. I live down there. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, like you, if you're like living in Brooks, that would be another area I'd want to live in just because again, of all the small shops around walkability, yep. we love doing all that stuff. So oh, absolutely. We got a little golf cart. We go around to the <laughs> places and that's perfect. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. Hey, it was such yeah. a pleasure to get very to know nice. you. Yeah. Very nice meeting you, man. Enjoyed and, and it. getting to talk to you. Absolutely. You guys do. I, I will give you some comment. You guys, I watched a couple of your podcasts. I'm trying to, you know, familiarize myself, but you guys did a great job. You guys do very good on this. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, some that. better than others. Yeah. You know, when you have a guest like you that's well oh, no, versed, no, no. well versed, well spoken, well spoken. You know, it's a little bit easier. It picks up the slack for us. You know? Yeah, I'll just go straight <laughs> to the bar, have a vodka. I'm good. Yeah, you're just yeah. like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I love that. Well, I mean, we've got uh, tons more uh, questions. We'd love to ask you. Maybe we'd love to have you back on another time. time. But appreciate you taking the time today, man. Appreciate Thanks, man. It. Thanks, guys. Cool.